Hey everyone, Will Daniel here. I'm gonna open with some bad news today. We recorded a Moonraker episode a few weeks ago, and it was a pretty good one, we thought. I saved it on GarageBand, and then when I was almost finished editing it, the program gave me this error message uh, saying the audio file I was just looking at could not be found, and my computer, which is only a few months old and has plenty of storage, uh, basically ate it. Nice folks at the Apple Store, as well as the third-party data recovery service they pointed me to, both told me that is just something that happens with Macs from time to time. So we're a little miffed over that. It kind of seems like the universe uh, really doesn't want us to cover the odd-numbered Roger Moore Bond movies. Uh, anyway, we'll be saving every file in multiple places from here on out, so hopefully this never happens to us again. Uh, as for the man with the golden gun and Moonraker, uh, the plan is to circle back after we finish up the series with Spectre. Uh, maybe try doing some audio commentaries for those two, uh, which would be uh, something new and uh, hopefully fun for us. If you've been enjoying our show, take a second to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also check out and engage with our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube pages. That's pretty much my intro. Uh, here's our conversation on For Your Eyes Only. Welcome back to Gentlemen Prefer Bonds. I'm Will Daniel. I'm Will Schlick. I'm Max Wilcox. <laughs> uh, For Your Eyes Only, it's the 12th James Bond movie uh, by Eon Productions. Uh, it's loosely based on the uh, short story by Ian Fleming of the same name. It's also kind of based on uh, his story, Risico. They lift a, a scene from the novel Live and Let Die at the end. Uh, did you watch this movie growing up, and how'd you like it this week? Yeah, so I watched this movie growing up a couple of times. I would say it wasn't uh, in the regular rotation, but I think I've probably seen it, I don't know, twice maybe as a kid I saw it. Oh, wow. Uh, I watched it one time with you, not, not too long, probably about yeah, a year ago. Yeah, I think right at the beginning of quarantine. Uh, yeah, and I really enjoyed it then. I think as a kid it was a little too grounded for me where something like Moonraker was all the rage uh, yeah I really really liked it last year when I watched it with you and I liked it again on this watch I have never seen this movie before oh I have now seen this movie um it contains many set pieces they are good <laughs> it contains many other things that are commonly referred to as a script direction and editing they are fine <laughs> um let's discuss <laughs> i'll take that yeah i, I watched uh, this movie some growing up um yeah i i think it's pretty good i liked it then i like it now uh yeah for your eyes only um roger moore was kind of being a, an a thousand asshole, years old a thousand years old <laughs> Yeah. That too, but um, re reading, you know, anything about guys like Roger Moore and Cubby Broccoli, it's always a little hard to tell, you know, people writing about this objectively, like, who was actually being the asshole here, or was it both of them? Probably both of them. Um, they, they weren't sure that he was going to, his contract expired after Moonraker, he wanted a better deal, they weren't sure if he was coming back. There's a story on, on Moonraker where... Uh, Broccoli, uh, there was a, a journalist on set interviewing Moore, and uh, 
broccoli says to the guy like hey like would you off the record like just ask him if he's gonna do the next bond movie because i don't know and i need to know and he's like yeah okay and you know roger moore says like i don't know like maybe we'll see and broccoli's like son of a bitch (laughs) or his line he apparently said something like what did that asshole actor say to you (laughs) so uh they're not really talking after moonraker and more basically more overhears that uh there's other actors being auditioned so he basically decides when he when he hears that 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 he's he's done he's he's insulted by that he's not going to do it anymore um so yeah this becomes the i think the first of two times in a row with roger moore that they come very close to replacing him they look at um timothy dalton and uh i have this other guy uh michael jaston uh michael billington who was i think up for it since honor majesties and played the uh he's the love interest of triple x right right he's the spy he's the the russian disqualify him but apparently not uh Uh, tim i read that i read that timothy dalton uh was he more than auditioned for it again that he was essentially offered it and i heard i read that he turned it down because he didn't like the direction the franchise was going because <laughs> he saw moonraker because <laughs> he physically saw moonraker with his eyes and face and and thought mm, no thank you <laughs> i'm surprised they wouldn't they wouldn't give him the pitch because that was kind of the thing with him with the movies he ended up doing was like we're gonna go back to fleming at least that's what they said but Anyway, Michael Billington uh, got flown to Greece. He did uh, on-location, like, promotional photo shoots. He did. Uh, he was fitted for Bond costumes. Uh, and then finally, Roger Moore got the money he wanted and was, was back in the saddle. Are you telling me that um, they fitted Michael for a bunch of very loose brown clothes? Because that's <laughs> roughly the only thing that is worn in this film by James Bond, the gentleman spy, is like Mr. Rogers cast off items. Oh, Look, man. I'm, I'm guaranteeing the, outfit... the uh, suits and, and jackets did not match color. I'll, I'll just say that. That outfit that he wears is a Cuba where he goes to G- Greece. No, no. Before... Oh, oh he's in, Greece. He, they're in Spain for a oh, second. Spain. When he goes to Spain <laughs> to find that hitman, yeah. that Cuban hitman. Whoa, that outfit is like it looks like a dad who just got done barbecuing on 4th of July. The, it's a bad it, outfit. It's the whole every one of his costumes is bad. <laughs> and then you and then you think it might be good and then they get in the mini sub and they're wearing the matching yellow outfits. <laughs> yeah. The cost the customer on this one needs to be shot and dragged through the mud. There it, oh, every, yeah. every single person is is dressed poorly in this movie. I, I go worst worst bond costume uh all of them are are in this movie. I think worst is when he's he's looking like Clint Eastwood with his uh, pants about up to his belts about up to his nipples uh, after the car chase, and just he's wearing like a polo and really high pants. And yeah. then he also looks terrible in that that blue uh, ski blue jacket. jacket. <laughs> he's so bad. Looking the belted ski jacket is so bad. <laughs> I I I think that the worst one in this movie even and it's not his fault it's who he's with is that towards the end of the movie when he's with his new his new uh grecian friend who's wearing a fucking leather jacket like a badass um and has like a little paunch showing and then they they pan out from him and his cool mustache and and roger (laughs) moore is standing there in like a sweater with like some rope uh before we watch him attempt to climb for 10 minutes 
like that <laughs> I, that I like, outfit like the it's, climbing. that outfit it's not its fault but it's just like they show roughly the coolest man alive and then they're also like and also James Bond is here <laughs> yeah it it does it does suffer from uh like you get I think that character that Topol plays, uh, Columbo, is, is definitely trying to be shaped in the mold of of um, Karen Bay from From Russia with Love. Hell I mean, yeah. this whole Hell movie yes. is kind of trying to be From Russia with Love. Yeah. But with uh, Sean Connery and, and Pedro uh, Armitez, I think his name was, you're like, yeah, these are two cool guys. They, I'd hang out with them. And with these, with this one, it's like. Uh, yeah, I think Topol's you'd cool. rather have. I think Topol's yeah, wicked. Yeah. Cool. I think actually he does a no, really that, good that's, job. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Is, is James too. Bond suffers when he's next to someone that's cooler. Yeah. Um, he, he kind of makes the second half of the movie yes. for me. I, yes. It feels like it could start to really drag until he comes into the mix, and they have that scene on uh, his boat. Yeah, he pulls, like out, he pulls out. He pulls out. He pulls out the gun out halfway the gun. through, and then hands it to yeah. him. And he's like, and he's like, I'm a man who trusts people, and you're like, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. That's a great scene. The pistachios eating the them pistachios. And, and throwing them during the, the fight scene. Uh, I like that. That dude's great. That dude, like, I was really starting to flag on the movie. Not because it's bad. It's just, like, it, it just goes on. Um, and, like, he came on, and I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, this dude this yeah. dude gets it. Yeah. So John Glenn, who'd, who'd been editing and uh like shooting second unit action stuff on the series for a while um he finally gets promoted to director on this movie uh he convinces broccoli to let him bring on his like second unit crew um who were considered kind of action and like b movie uh crew um to to be principal crew for for the movie um these are the guys he used for the the ski jump and in spy who loved me uh richard maybaum michael wilson uh Broccoli's uh, stepson do the the screenplay, and uh, Peter Lamont uh, replaces Ken Adam, his his mentor, uh, as production designer. Uh, let's start the movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, heading hey, hey right guys, into it. real fast, uh-huh. fuck this entire scene. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah. hey, y'all, we're gonna just earn that explicit tag real fast. This whole entire ten minutes can fuck right off well yeah. my biggest issue with it i i don't hate the scene i it appears to me that there it's a scene that is a direct sequel to on her majesty's secret service oh yeah oh yeah because bald blofeld in a gray suit has a neck brace and in a wheelchair yep. yeah so are they retconning the franchise back to host that movie well i, I saw an interview with with john glenn where he said that he was doing blofeld in the next uh in in the neck brace because of on your majesty's it, or he he talks as if diamonds does not exist and he just says we're doing that because we last saw him in on your majesty's secret service which is maybe his middle finger to diamonds are forever uh, okay so he's um, is saying it's retcon yeah yeah i think this movie i think he's saying that um but at the starting with the the grave of of tracy um is their way of maintaining uh continuity in the series because they're, they're writing that when they think that roger moore is not coming back so they want to say like hey remember it's it's the same guy like he's lived this past he had the wife who was murdered yeah um, having so it I, having it with with roger moore and having roger moore do that it's like having a super a superman movie start with like 
him like like reconciling with his dead father, refounding a new Krypton, and then banishing all Kryptonite out of the out of the galaxy in the first ten minutes, and being like, "Great, so now we can have a movie, yeah? Now that there's no stakes, now that you've deleted the one thing that made me a human being, cool, great." Oh, uh, yeah, the whole sequence. Yeah, I, I I actually I like him at the grave, but yeah, it's it's a terrible way to deal with Blofeld. Um, also, got a lot of, we have to have a lot of winks and a lot of nudges when we say Blofeld, because they sure as shit, they, they sure as shit <laughs> yeah. really made us aware of the fact that they were not legally allowed to use him. Yeah. Yeah, so as we discussed on our Spy Who Loved Me episode, uh, Kevin McClory, a few years uh, before this movie, has legally won the rights to Spectre and, and Blofeld, the movie rights to those. He's, he's firing up his own production he's going to make Never Say Never, uh, that's that's about to start. Um, I don't know. Probably starting pre-production about the time this movie comes out. Uh, so using quote unquote Blofeld or a Blofeld-like character is kind of their we way to write him out of the Flo- series. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, by the way, do you know do you know who that is? I I, I don't I don't know. Mike Myers. Like, oh, uh, hang on. <laughs> no. It's. Uh, it already tells me it's someone I probably don't care about enough to. Oh well, to you you wouldn't up. know his name. His name is John Hollis, but he's <laughs> he was he was uh, Lobot from Empire Strikes Back, just just known for that bald dome of his. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of cool. Also, Boba Fett's in this movie. I think he's the guy with the the cast. That, Wait, uh, when you say dude with the dome, out. you mean that he's the dude with like the backwards data, the backwards data visor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I love that dude so much. That's that's, yeah. that's Lobot. Yeah, I the, I even as a kid, I was like, this dude has a backbone of steel for his ability to deal with Darth Vader all the time and never be strangled. Because Darth Vader, <laughs> the entire film series, we we see him strangling any human being that speaks more than a sentence around him. And this dude has I like has foreseeably just like been with him for like a couple years, and he's like, I'm not, I'm not gonna die. He's like, I would be fucking silent. Well, Lo- oh wait, no, no, Lobot he's he's Lando's for, guy. Uh, oh, he yeah, was sorry, Lando's he works for guy. Lando. He works for Lando. My bad, my bad. He's the guy who who controls Cloud City. Um, yeah. Either way, he reminds me of the principal from Back to the Future, and I love him. He does actually. That's <laughs> yeah, a great point wait, too. Wait, I'm I'm sure he was in the running for this as well. Yeah. <laughs> just calling all bald men. He looks a lot like the principal in Back to the Future. Are we sure that's not John Hollis? <laughs> Are you sure that Back that's that's not him calling everyone a slacker? I'm gonna look Are we out. sure they're both not Patrick Stewart? Um, oh God, what I'd pay to see Patrick Stewart <laughs> one as as the principal in Back to the Future, two as this Blofeld. <laughs> yeah, t- with 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 the same guy dubbing him because you'd catch you'd catch his nose no matter how carefully they sh- tried to shoot it. You'd catch part of his yeah. hook nose from the sh- one of the shots. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so there's, it's, it's a whole, this whole sequence is Bond's personal vendetta against Blofeld, Blofeld's bent vendetta against Bond, but it's mainly Broccoli against Kevin McClory. There's the, Blofeld offers Bond a delicatessen in stainless amazing, steel. Amazing, amazing. Uh, which is just like, supposedly, uh, broccoli calling uh, mcclory like a gangster like that's something that he would like i guess um yeah someone needed to tell broccoli like you know you can just write kevin mcclory a letter and tell him he sucks like this doesn't have to be in the movie this this entire opening is so inconsequential that 
because uh, I read, I obviously read and have up the Wikipedia pages whenever we do these. This is the first film in which the the pre credit scene does not appear on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Whoever wrote it was like, ah, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, you know what's interesting is you know overall that this movie did well and and people had a a positive reaction to it and I think fans tend to like it. Sean Connery, when this movie came out, he he said. Uh, he was silent on Bond for a while. Uh, he got asked in an interview what he thought of Four Your Eyes Only, or if he saw it, and he was like, "Yeah, I liked the pre-title sequence a lot." And the rest of the movie went downhill. <laughs> you would, you would. He just—he sows chaos. <laughs> He's just an agent for chaos. I—I I think that this movie is. <sighs> I I hate to make fun of a dude who's like getting his shot. The the aqua, the action sequences, no joke, are fucking great. And there's so many of them and they are really good every yeah. single one of them. Everything in between feels like a TV show, which isn't to say it's bad. I like this movie. It's it's fun to watch. It all feels low rent. Um like a lot of the energy is low, the stakes are pretty low. I get that it like I get that it got a lot of praise for being grounded and it and and I do like that like you know we're not in space or dealing with like a global contagion we're just good old fashioned like you know the Brits might not be able to nuke people I'm I'm I love all that stuff but like any time that they're not showing me where the budget is this movie feels low budget Mhm Yeah It's it's funny cuz the the whole Creed at this point was this has to be cheaper than Moonraker. This needs to be a lot cheaper than Moonraker, but it only ends up from what I found costing about five million less, down like around twenty eight, down from thirty three of Moonraker. So still very expensive I mean, for 1980, the, 1981. All the underwater stuff is really beautiful in a way that like tell, yeah. that tells me it cost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's the underwater um, stuff is gorgeous, honestly. Part of that was, you know, they're, they're wanting to, I mean, they just spent a lot on Moonraker in general. Part of it was that Michael Cimino had just basically bankrupted United Artists making Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Yeah, this so is they, also you know, their last think... one before Heaven, before <laughs> United Artists gets bought up by uh, MGM. Yeah, MGM. Right. Yeah, I think, I think as they're starting to talk about this movie, United Artists is basically like, so we see you made Dr. No for a million dollars. I think, uh... They probably, at least uh, for Topple or Topol or whatever you want to call him, I bet he, they probably spent a bit of bang for their buck on him. He was a big star at this point. Was he? I yeah. mean, Fiddler on the Roof was like 10 years before this. I think he was still a pretty big deal. I bet he's probably one of the bigger non-Bond girl casting choices. I don't know. I watched, I watched two of the trailers, and they don't, like, they don't mention anyone the way they did with like Savalas. Like, they don't... They don't yeah. super advertise any of the actors other than Roger Moore. Can, yeah. Oh, can I say, by the way, though, real quick, um, this is, I as I said, I hadn't seen this one before. Immediately, What's-Her-Face screams up the ranks for me for Bond Girls. Oh, oh yeah. She's, yeah. she's so, not only is she good in this, and she really, really is, like, also, like, strong character, makes her own choices, comes along, yeah. affects the plot, like, all those things that I always harp on, like, she hits it. She hits every single one of them. Um, super strong. Yeah, I think she's a top five 
prettiest Bond girl, maybe. She's, uh, she's just a really beautiful... She is also so pretty, yes. Yeah, and um, the, her character's great. I, I really... One of my favorite elements of this movie is... Not, not to get ahead of ourselves... I like her revenge story. Mm-hmm. I like that she has a really deep, like, this this whole movie sort of built around her story mm-hmm. and her wanting revenge and, like, Bond running into someone else who wants revenge on their, for their own reasons. And I think that's a really cool, you know, part of this movie. I am going to probably upset you guys and say that I uh, think that uh, BB or whatever her name is, is also really great. <laughs> I legit do. I think she's. I, I'm, I'm not offended, but we'll talk about about BB doll. But like, yeah, sure. As I said, I think that a lot of this stuff is sort of like. Meh. So let's let's get through some of the beginning stuff so we can get to like the cool the the good the good bits. Yeah. yeah. So Bond kills Blofeld and and some pretty cool uh, helicopter stunts. The guy hanging off there. My thought with him, like he goes, uh, uh, he goes a couple passes right over Blofeld yeah, on the rooftop. Bond just like, off. <laughs> yeah, they're not moving fast. He's like eight feet off the ground. I was yeah. like, jump, motherfucker! Like you're gonna sprain your ankle, maybe. Yeah, Bond could have absolutely gotten off. The <laughs> he could have jumped off times. on the on the roof where Blofeld was. He could. Yeah, he, he could have jumped well, onto so this the guy's guy. Had a yeah. neck brace in a in a wheelchair. <laughs> he could have just beat the hell out of him and walked down off the stairs with apparently a cat with no legs just like <laughs> that's willing to just how to hang out um so oh and we get our, our first real taste of, of uh bill conti is that how you say his name yeah conti um, Con- uh who we we saw we went to this presentation this like academy um thing of uh bond music like eight nine years ago when right right before uh skyfall came out i think and uh bill conti was was the only composer who was there and it was basically like oh you compose for your eyes only and he was like yeah sorry like <laughs> he basically uh, look, just like apologized and he's a good composer the best yeah. obviously he's was did a great job with the rocky i was, I was literally about to say i was ever. literally about to say as i was watching this i was like yep sounds like a guy that did rocky <laughs> yeah that's oh, about especially the positive that. it's about the positive i can His, give it <laughs> His the music doesn't scene. really fit a Bond movie, unfortunately. He was—it was just a bad choice. His style wasn't right. He also yeah, does the score. He also does the, He also does the score for the film uh, FX, which is one of my favorite sort of like low budge uh, action movies. If you guys have seen it or yeah. haven't, um, and he does a great job in that. Like that, it fits really perfectly. The, like Bond movies are too timeless for the way that that dude wrote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's he, that's what he, he did, said. So he did the Karate Kid too, and he did the right stuff. So like, which are both really good scores. I, I think he's a great composer. Yeah, but he's the problem is that, the problem is that all of his it's, movies are of the time. Like they're all they're all modern. And Bond is yeah, Bond is modern. The, Bond is hero stories. Yeah, doing all the the synth stuff and everything, it it really dates it. Yeah. Um. So in, into the title, which I, I give him probably the most credit for writing or, or at least co-writing the, the title song. I, I like the song, yeah. It's, it's a good song. Yeah. Um, I don't like Sheena Easton on screen singing it. it That's is weird. weird. It's weird. It's the first time, too, that, uh, it, that, it's, that it happened. Oh, yeah. Only time, yeah. Which, by the way, she's not that big of a singer. Like, why was that the one with, like, yeah. They said that they just liked, I, I think it was Broccoli, but they said they just liked the way she looked. Like, literally, that was it. Like they were the amount of Calvin Ball that some of these movies. How are any of these good? How no? It, how, how is anyone? 
we have spent so much time talking about these movies. The amount of <laughs> the amount of hands in the fucking peanut butter jar. How do yeah. the, you just asked an, an excellent question? Why is it that this one movie out of twenty twenty whatever is different? And the answer is because one of the dudes said, "Why not? What What are we doing? What are we doing without?" Hey. That's that's the you come back to that with with so many great movies casablanca star wars where you you every story about them is like oh this should have sucked like yeah but they didn't make somehow... 30 of them <laughs> if well if, i i, I would well, be, i'd gladly I, talk about not, this i'd gladly talk about this if not, there was a casablanca 12 yeah but there's not 24 great bond movies that's an excellent point <laughs> um so yeah a, a title sequence uh, all right um the song i yeah I, I like the song it's it's grown on me it's catchy it's fine um it cool cool transition from um the underwater to to the ship the saint george george's yeah um, the i like george's. the ship set a lot i love that it's a fishing vessel yeah. the sky or a, a british submarine disguised as a fishing vessel i i think we should make a, a netflix show about like the cia or, or the secret service uh, has like a secret control room on like the perfect storm ship. <laughs> Just a, a comedy of manners. Uh, so the the I, I I was thinking about how it's um, kind of the only Bond movie where um, the main plot is set into motion by accident. Like they just hit sure a rogue they hit like sea a, mine, a sea basically. mine essentially. Yeah, I'm it, the. I'm fine with all this, and this is a lot of the stuff that they talked about at the beginning. Or not, sorry, I didn't talk about. This is the stuff they clearly planned at the beginning, which was like, let's bring Bond back to where he's supposed to be, which is like the British government needs something, and he is their ace in the hole. Um, and that is exactly what you get here, where, where this ship that has a device, a transponder, that is the sort of key, quote-unquote, to their military submarines, that, that their, their uh, nuclear submarine arsenal... It goes down, and uh, the next scene that we see is, is we see the Minister of Defense uh, in what his third, fourth movie, um, essentially like show up and say that there's there is a problem and that they have to get it back because if someone else gets it, then one the Brits aren't going to be able to use anything, and two they'll they'll never be able to use this code system again. And it's like those those stakes are so achievable that it like yeah. it feels good it really does like and again i i get that i yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna shit on this because it's sort of just my job but like it it does it does it feels good to not have you know space blazers and 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 global diseases and 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 super villains like this is at the end of the day the the main villain is a drug smuggler like yeah that, exactly. that's good that is a good thing um but uh i i think yeah, the, after they they let up let up all that plot and stuff, um, we get to one of our first one of the, the big changes here, um, which is that one we do get to see our good friend Gogol, yeah, <laughs> who yeah. plays honestly who plays the villain for the first time in his appearances. Yeah, kind of. Um, where like he is he is the the call we see him on and we do see him again in his weird void of a russian temple with <laughs> yeah. his sort of like money penny money like you know like dollars ruble was probably what i'd call her i guess dollars yeah. ruble come here um and he is on a phone call essentially like saying that he's gonna he sets up some of the stuff where he's essentially saying that like he's gonna buy this thing if it shows up um and then we get back to the office with and um 
Who isn't there, Will? It's Bernard Lee. He, <laughs> he was going to film scenes for this movie. Uh, he was too sick. He was, uh, and then he, he eventually died of, of stomach cancer, yeah. uh, I think around six months before this movie came out. Uh, and they they were still shooting this movie, I think, in, in 81. So they made kind of a split decision that then uh, to just put all the oldest, you know, whitest, most British men in the room. Uh, <laughs> so they, they, they introduced the, the literary character, uh, Bill Tanner, in this movie. Uh, he's played he's by chief, chief of operations, James right? Uh, I think so. Um, and then uh, Jeffrey Keane returns as uh, defense minister Frederick Gray. Uh, so they they give Bond orders this movie. And then, he does he does some heavy uh, lifting in this one. The defense minister he does good. I I, I enjoyed his performance huh? in this one. He has, he has <laughs> I to, like him more than than the the most British Tanner. The, yes. Try not to, <laughs> to get cracking, 007. Yeah, and then later on he was like, try not to muck it up again, or like whatever he says the second time. Yeah. And it's like, hey, guy, like just because M is on vacay, which is like essentially what Moneypenny says, I do like that they didn't, <laughs> yeah. that they didn't just immediately recast him. It's kind of cool that, yeah. they, that they wait a bit. But like Moneypenny legit does just say that he's on leave, and then like you yeah. enter into the room, and like the operations manager is sitting at M's desk, and he's like, ah, 007, yeah. you cad. Like, you're, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just kind of like, oh, okay it's sort of this feels a little backstabby <laughs> like it it also feels like uh like no one has the heart to tell bond that his his father figure has died oh, where he's sure. like m's still on vacation right yes <laughs> or, he's gone off to a farm <laughs> upstate yeah, that, <laughs> he's like you said he was on vacation no he liked it so much he moved to the farm yeah <laughs> It's it's he loves it there. It's called. He's, he's gonna be there for for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, the uh, the first place that Bond goes is is uh, anyway. They, well, sorry, but they they tell oh. him to find the Saint Georges, which is like great, and it just it's your classic Bond <laughs> thing where he has like he has a shred of a hint. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh, yeah. Then the next we go to uh, Melina uh, has her her parents killed uh, by the. I, I don't know how how she was acquainted with with this hitman or how he he got oh, the job. I'll to... tell you. Uh, so the hitman is in an aeroplane. He shoots the parents. <laughs> by the way, the parents seem cool as hell. Yeah. Um, like legit, the parents seem. Doesn't like... doesn't the dad look kind of like uh, John Hanna, like from uh, the Mummy and and Four Weddings yeah, and a Funeral? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, he does. Um, they are like the coolest sort of archaeo, like you know, or marine biologist or the hell they do. They go underwater and like uh, preserve relics and shit. Um, they get gunned down by this this dude, and then yeah, Bond is able to find out what, what that this dude's name because uh, she gives a quote eyewitness account. But like the only time she saw him was he was in a plane flying at them shooting a gun and she described this man so perfectly that they're like oh the cuban hitman <laughs> well no it's because she he he just flew her there in the plane oh oh i missed that bit i okay good. that's <laughs> way better because in my mind she was just looking up at the airplane and and it 
shot them down and she was like i'm gonna memorize that face i was i must <laughs> no. have been, i must have been making dinner when that happened but but that's what confuses me that like she knows him like he's also just like pilot for hire that's um, a good point and then he's a pilot for hire who is a a an assassin who is so successful that he has his <laughs> own army of armed guards yeah and so she She's getting into that plane to fly her home, being like, "Is there? Is that a gun on the front of this thing?" Do you think that maybe his business? Do you think maybe he's not very good? But <laughs> the man with the golden gun is no longer in operation, so like he's now picking up a lot of slack. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "Look, golden gun did a better job. He got paid a million. I'm asking for three quarters of a million. Yeah. Okay." <laughs> I know that Scaramanga had the <laughs> reputation, but I have a plane with a gun. Well, that I, I wrote that down when when they identify uh, they use the identograph from the oh, Goldfinger novel Lord. to to yeah that's a, a lengthy scene oh uh, no <laughs> well but when they before they do that uh, Bond is like assuming he was paying him for for the Havelock's murder I was like what if he wasn't like what if he tracks down Locke and like starts to kill him and he's like i was paying him for landscaping like <laughs> he doesn't just murder people yeah <laughs> he's also a, an accomplished playwright yeah <laughs> <laughs> he gets paid in cash um, oh, um but uh, uh bond finds out this dude and then as per usual bond just is like ah good thing i know where his via is um <laughs> yeah I just let me open up my Rolodex of of people that we should arrest or kill, but instead have let live. Um, and so he shows up at the at the villa um, that is surrounded by guards, uh, and we we see the weirdest kiss possibly in a while between yeah. like the guard and like this this woman <laughs> in a, in a in like not a bikini but in like a a bando, and like they do some weird 50s kissing where like they're just like <laughs> face to neck to face to neck yeah she's she's got some uh spy moves on her like she she should be working for the secret circuit service the way she distracts that I, guard. i i she but, uh... she she had such a prominent shot with the camera that i thought that she was gonna have dialogue and then she yeah. was just kissing that dude and i was like this is really strange and then you pan down about a million miles to where uh, roger moore is standing again in an, an outfit that looked that looks like he like is dennis the menace's next door neighbor like it, 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 and you're just sort of like, oh, this is really fucking strange. So I guess he gets to sneak in here because the one guard on the outside was kissing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the efficiency of of uh, these henchmen are all over the place because that guy gets distracted immediately by the the party girl. Some other guy is like hiding in a tree, like yeah. waiting for someone to to like that guy just jumps down. Like straight down. It's like, like he's, it's he's like up. some of them are hourly and some of them are yeah. are um, are pension. Like some of them are already like it's on, like what am I like? What's the word I'm looking for? What's like a, when a professor is uh, tenured? Ten, tenured, like, yeah, yeah. The dude who's making out is like I've already done my ten years. And then this guy's like I'm new. I'm fresh blood. All right. <laughs> well, what are yeah. you doing in that tree? Oh, why, why don't you wait, man? I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna jump down. I'm gonna get him. But yeah, he jumps down and Bond gets immediately captured. He gets brought up to this to this pool. Uh Gonzalez or whatever the hell, he he does your classic 
Bond villain nonsense of like, get him out of here, kill him somewhere else, apparently. And then you do have the granted really freaking cool shot, which is that Gonzalez goes to do a swan dive into his pool. And as he's in midair, you hear the like thunk. Uh, yeah. You see that he's been shot with a crossbow. Um, and uh, granted dies immediately, which is stupid, but whatever. It's, it's a movie. Um, like you see, you see that like, it's one of those great moments where it's like, Oh crap. Bond is not going to be like the main driving force of a lot of the action in this movie. Um, uh, then we, we introduce, uh, Locke who, uh, looks a lot like Warren Zevon. Mm. Um, he, good, good luck for, for a villain. I, I like the shot where he just like waves away, um, his, his guys to like, no, no, don't, don't help. Like, let's just see what happens and let, let me take my hit money back. Yeah. Totally. Um, I, I will say uh, against our, our friend Locke, most of the time, if you hire an assassin to kill someone it's because you don't want to get your hands dirty uh he's paying this guy off for a murder uh with a suitcase full of cash opened up broad daylight in front of a party with like 50 witnesses he also goes on to spend the rest of the movie trying to murder james bond in the most public of places that he possibly could find. <laughs> yeah like... with just his face out in the like he's he's a killer himself and <laughs> Just like it, he he didn't want to he didn't want to be in the plane to kill the Havelock. Yeah, it makes it feel like he's like, oh, I don't do planes, uh, and they're oh, you're telling me they're on a boat. I oh, I'll pay somebody. I'll, I'll outsource this one. So they're they're getting out of there. He meets uh, Melina. Um, good good cool shot of her like pulling the um, whatever fucking beekeeper hat she has on. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does like a like a princess Leia like she shoots the dude over Bond's shoulder and it's it's pretty badass. Yeah, um, every scene of her is unbelievable. Bob Simmons is is the uh, like original guy in the the gun barrel. He's one of the you know legend uh, stuntmen of the series. He's the guy. A little, little cameo from him. He's the guy who uh, hits the Lotus and gets blown up. Um, that was Michael Wilson's idea. He, he said he was getting tired of uh, doing so many gadgets and said he, in, instead of a gadget that's perfectly set up for, you know, a situation Bond accidentally finds himself in, he said, I prefer to get a crazy specific gadget and then Bond just drops it or like it malfunctions or something and has to, to improvise. Um, then we get to Melina's uh, Citroen. The I yellow... love that car so much yeah <laughs> it is called a, it's it is colloquially called a du chevaux it's a french car uh because it has literally two horsepower that's why they make the horsepower joke um, yeah th- th- that is it, it, its name that is a car that i shit you not i have a, I had a french teacher in high school he said that he had one as a kid um uh he was he, he my, my teacher said that it couldn't go uphill <laughs> yeah um <laughs> a little fucking piece of shit. It's literally made out of, like, aluminum, and, like, the windows don't open. What happens is that the bottom half of the window can be pushed, essentially, out and up, and that there is literally a tack, like a, 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 a metal tack that goes into a piece of rubber on the exterior to half open the window. This is a Tonka truck, and they, they, they do it in this film. I love it. I love it so much. It's it's like a lot of this movie. It's it's a good answer to to Moonraker of like okay we have to just do the opposite now and put Bond in a tiny crappy car and uh, have him make the best of it. It's I, a I good can imagine. Chase 
Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's a great car chase. I, I can imagine the the like uh, Citroen like reps reading the script and being like, "Hold up, like it says there's gonna be silly accordion music when our <laughs> car is uh, introduced." Like, no, 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 no. James Bond's gonna drive it and and prove that it's like not as totally lame as it looks. It does kick the shit out of those Peugeots, I will say. Just yeah. by, by the by. Um, but it also like there there is we we cannot escape Roger Moore telling a woman she doesn't know how to drive. Um, <laughs> every yeah. movie, every uh, yeah. Movie. I'm jumping back in a little bit late too. I just got to bring this up again. What in the hell is Roger Moore wearing in this scene? What Nothing. is that green every, jacket? Everything's with the bad. Everything is bad. Every one of his costumes. I can't. It, I would I would wear that outfit when they're uh, just walking around the the Greek town at, at night. If I was feeling bold in my uh, in my collar game, <clears throat> um, but yeah, they they this this car chase is great. It's all down these winding hills. You have the Peugeots knocking into each other. You have the great great shot of the the uh, of of the Ducheveau rolling down the hill, landing, and then still being able to drive. And then Bond again getting rescued by the girl because she's like put it in reverse, put it in reverse, and then she grabs the stick from him. Yeah. And she shoves it in reverse, and they scream off, uh, uh, driving backwards. Really great car chase sequence. Uh, honestly, yeah, good, all the way good through. Good character. They're they're a good team. They can they both. It works because they both need each other to to survive the movie. Basically, mm. um, um, yeah, guy big, who looks big fan. Uh, real Paul McCartney looking dude driving one of those cars. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, then they they have that chase. Bond introduces himself. Um, then he has the scene where he is the Chinese proverb about before uh, embarking on revenge, dig two graves. Bond is really not in a position to lecture anyone no. on a revenge kill. If, if anything, <laughs> if anything, I would think that if anything, the James Bond that I know would would end that by saying. Uh, if, if you're going to enact <laughs> revenge, dig two graves because you'll probably have to kill two people. Yeah, <laughs> it's like turn it into a more of a like fistful of dollars thing. <laughs> like, only, sorry, my mistake, six graves. <laughs> the only thing I can rationalize about this is that Bond, having been someone that has sought revenge, maybe he knows that it's just terrible. <laughs> like he's already lost his entire soul. My my he's, ass. He's kind of dissuade. <laughs> My my white ass. The beginning of this movie is him getting his revenge <laughs> yeah. and smiling like a giddy schoolgirl about it. Yeah, and then they yeah the whole Blofeld thing is just played as a joke, and then and then this we have this guy being like, oh no, revenge, revenge eats at your soul. <laughs> yeah, he he kicks Locke off the the cliff later, uh, which he he pins as like he's really upset that he's killed the Italian agent that like he had one beer with. I do feel bad for Luigi. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Luigi's a, a nice man. Luigi, when he leaves Luigi in the in the Lotus, and as if he is an a, an infant, he turns and he's like, "Don't touch anything." And Luigi <laughs> has this stupid little grin on his face that lets you know that Luigi touched everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, but yeah, even though Luigi dies, Bond still goes through with his fingerprint kit after that. I'm just, just like, did you touch my drum set? <laughs> like, I know for a fact that Luigi, the minute that he was gone, Luigi started touching buttons. Because this, this dude, he's never actually gotten to meet, he, like, oh, oh man, I, lo- I loved Luigi. I was, I was upset when he died. Um, but anyway, let's let's quickly talk about this bullshit machine that Q has so we can skip Yeah, the identograph? 
it this hate, is the weakest part of the movie i by hate far. everything about it i hate that they're in yep. a dark room i hate that they imply that time passes i hate that it works yeah. <laughs> i hate that there's a machine i hate that it's implied that q's going to quote shut everything down so don't worry to an assistant as she leaves as if it's a fucking kinko's i hate everything about this entire scene I, I hate the fact that they just break up the scene for 30 seconds to have the assistant come in. Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, hate- she's just beautiful for no reason. And, like, Bond doesn't have a line or anything. It's just clearly, clearly something was, somebody cast her in this movie for reasons not because she needed to be in there. I hate the whole thing. It's already a magic device, and then they imply that it takes a lot of time to make you suspend your disbelief. Bitch, you just made Moonraker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate that the scene's 25 minutes long, and uh, it... Um... I, I think at the time, though, they just thought that personal computers were so cool. Yeah. And they were like, let's really showcase personal computer technology. It, it feels like to have this work, they, they need... MI6 need to do uh, a, a casting call for like all international criminals and like don't worry this is just for our records we won't catch you this time this they is... got some good headshots of everyone in the 70s this is the important part where I bring up something that, that I started to, to it started to haunt me it was the only thing I could think about the entire time this movie was going on and it's the fact that this movie comes out in 1981 uh, and it is the same year that a little movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark comes out and the as I watched yeah, this film, same, as same I watched summer. as I watched the sequences and the extra scenes, the extra little cuts, the little things that don't have to happen, like the, like the fact that this scene goes on for so long, the fact that that girl comes in here, the lines that Q has that have nothing to do with the plot, these little bits, these little things that like I get that they wanted to give this director a shot who did this that and the other, but like it's all this shit where I was just like. This movie needed to be cleaned up. This movie runs two hours, seven minutes. It should have run about an hour 50. Yeah. Like, there's an hour 50 cut of this movie that's really tight and really good. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, the whole time I was watching it, it was just like, there's so little faith in the audience during this movie. Um, yeah, there, there's a little too much explaining. Like, maybe. there's a scene, there's all, all the scenes with the German guy later on where he, where he has to prove how evil he is. Just have him shoot a Bond one time. I've yeah. seen yeah. I've seen a Bond movie. I know that he's evil. He's German. <laughs> like, uh, is, wait, isn't he? He's supposed to be Greek, isn't he? Uh, he's Ar- East Ari German. Christados? Oh, oh, uh, Kregler. Kregler. The, uh, yeah, the Olympian. Yeah, yeah. Eric right. Kregler. They he's they set East up Germany. all this shit. They set up all this shit about him, um, yeah. and and like it, they they spend not a joke two minutes of my life trying to prove to me that he might be a bad guy and then he <laughs> shoots at bond and i'm like hey look a bad guy um going back to the car chase for just a second uh th- that was this french um driver remy uh, julian who uh had kind of kind of became a stunt star um doing all, all the crazy stunts um the car stuff for the italian job what like a, a decade or so earlier um and he he designed all the citron stuff that's spinning it around he, he put um you know a, a more powerful engine in the car um and then he comes back a couple movies a couple movies later for a view to a kill does the taxi stunts and then 
uh, does a lot of the the tanker stuff in uh, License to Kill later. All of the stunt work in this movie is a plus out of this world. Um, like I can't I can't give it enough credit. Uh, the ski shit, as hilarious and stupid and ridiculous it is that Roger Moore is out skiing an Olympian. Um, the actual the actual <laughs> yeah. content of it is great. It's just like it's the yeah. framing it's the framing that needs work. Um, uh, so we meet Luigi here. He's got kind Luigi. of a Inspector uh, Clouseau outfit. Yeah, he's a bit of a. He reminds me of like Fredo going fishing in The Godfather Part Two. He <laughs> yeah, just doesn't is. look like a spy. Could they have Luigi, not gotten anyone? I I again, this was a moment where I was cooking. I thought Luigi was like a local contact who was like a bad guy. Like, because he's so fucking shifty. I thought that he yeah. was, like, a local contact that was, like, in the underground or something like that. And it's like, nah, he's just an Italian spy, and this is a British movie. So we're just going to make him look sort of as sort of low rent as is humanly possible. So this sequence, we meet the main villain, who we don't know is the main villain yet. Um, Julian Glover, who re- really hit it good in the 80s, gets to be Star Wars villain, Indiana Jones villain, and James Bond villain. It's a real hat decade. trick. It's a real yeah. fucking hat trick. He was almost, he was up for consideration as James Bond at one point. I didn't know. Like post, uh, post Sean Connery, maybe, he came in for an audition? I would have been fine with that. I dig him. Um, I think he's good in this. He we... rocks the hell out of that fucking goatee. Yeah. Uh, so then we meet... Uh, Lynn uh, Holly Johnson as BB Doll, the figure skater, who for some reason is in this movie. For some reason, the bad guy is sponsoring, and for some reason, he tells James Bond that she's a virgin. Yeah, yeah, that bit's weird. BB herself, I'm into. I like her. I get it. Um, he says, uh, "This is BB's trainer, uh, Soviet Killjoy." Yeah. Very, very so, much thought that she was going to be a bad guy. Whole yeah. time, I, whole time I watched this, did not think she would end up being like a mother, like a mother goose, like good girl. Definitely thought that she was going to end up being a fucking assassin. Yeah, he introduces her to Bond. Bond's like, uh, I'm pretty sure she tried to kill me with knife shoes yeah. once. So. Yeah. Um. I, I, there's definitely some some psychosexual undertones going on in the BB and her trainer. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the they, trainer wants more than a trainer trainee relationship. Here's the I don't thing. Here's the thing about that. B, the whole thing about BB and the thing that I think is is like I wish that a better director had handled it because I like the concept of BB is that BB gets to be BB is a represent is a representation of the oversexuality of the entire world because every yeah. single person wants to sleep with bb and then in a very interesting choice bond is the only one that doesn't they say that they they they, you feel as if the trainer wants to you know later in the movie that her uncle wants to and then at the very end of the movie when she's quote unquote saved you get a wink and a nod from the greek guy that he is going to um yes like she she is this this portrayal and it's like she it's no fault of her own she she it's it's this cool interesting thing that sort of shows that like bond the the oversexuality in this world just comes from a place of not knowing like that that it's this weird sort of childlike uh 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 hold on the ideas of sexuality and like bond in this in this complete opposite of what he himself represents is the only person in the world that is saying like no you don't need this which is hilarious 
Um, especially, yeah. especially, especially given that he's uh, he makes all those uh, age jokes, and uh, at, at the time of filming this movie, Roger Moore was legit thirty years, almost to the day, older than uh, the than what's her face, the Bond girl. Yeah, Car- Carol Bouquet. Uh, it's it's weird, especially yeah, as you say that she's she's the line BB, where it's no, you're you're too young. We're acknowledging Roger Moore's age by he's turning down this maybe teenager in the story while uh carol bouquet one year older than lynn holly johnson yeah so this is uh, max i'm gonna do a brief aside here because i was talking to will about this and i think this is a for me a, a big part of this movie my theory about it is that when roger moore came back to be bond l- let's be honest this is the movie where he starts looking pretty rough Oh, he looks he looks old old in this movie. Uh, Like Moonraker, he doesn't look great, but honestly, he still looks like pretty spry. He he still got a little bit of something to him. He does not look good in this movie, and my theory was that Broccoli or the producers or someone, the casting agent, someone at some point said, "Well, let's try to if we cast really young women around him, it will make him look younger." They, they will, like, age him down. And I think it's the opposite. I think they age him up. See, I'm I'm not sure because the first time, the first person that he sleeps with in this is the Contessa, and she is not young. Um, <laughs> uh, but she's, like, in her probably 30s. Which, like for, which, for, which for James Bond is, is yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's funny. To, and then... They immediately. I feel like he looks younger or feels younger in Octopussy because he's next to a very mature Mon Adams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Um, and they also don't have him in like you know clothes that you would find at a consignment shop in in like Iowa. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I digress. Let's get to all the ski madness. Uh, let me first say that our, our first hint that Cristados is a bad guy is because he's. Too much of an asshole to shake Luigi's hand. Poor yeah. Luigi's just left hanging there. I just oh, I, wanted I just wanna, to hang out in the, the car. Stuff again, I just want to point out that an Amish man <laughs> in Switzerland brings James Bond and uh, Molina back to their hotel. Has that happened yet? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we we just skipped over the um, motorcycles try oh, to uh, oh. run her down. Yeah, sure. But yeah, she, that's that's she skippable. shows up. <laughs> motorcycles try to kill her. Bond makes a flower pun. End end of the yeah. end of the scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, but James Bond just assumes that a guy, anyone who crashes through a window, is, is dead. automatically dead. Is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know if his neck broke there. That weirdly assumes that means that his actual kill list, which is horrifyingly large, Bond thinks is larger in his life. <laughs> because <laughs> bond thinks that any like, person that he came across like james, james i think i saw that guy getting up melina he went through a window he's dead <laughs> my fist touched him he's dead um but yeah we're, we're, uh bb uh, uh we'll, we'll skip this but we'll mention it bb shows up in bond's room and that's the shit we're talking about is that bb shows up in bond's room she does she tries to do the femme fatale thing but it's purposely too cutesy and bond essentially is just like goes, goes like all right get dressed up to take you skiing yeah oh no he's just gonna he's gonna get her ice cream oh that's which right is also, which is also creepy in, the, in a, a really bad way line. yeah yeah um, but, but then I, I ski, do like whoever they got to ski for her is great at skiing. By yeah. the way, oh my god! 
I, I do like uh, her her hollering at Eric Craigler and he just gives her mean looks like I twice in it. a row. I love it when she's like, she's like, we'll meet for drinks at the finish. And he's like, I hate you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like for no reason too. like he could both try to kill Bond, which is clearly what it's supposed to be telling us and also want to sleep with BB. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. He, it's, he is so funny. In this movie. I feel yeah. like at some point, like I, Broccoli or, or John Glenn was like reading uh reading some of the script and was like, "So BB's pretty annoying, huh?" And like Michael Wilson's like, "Yeah, but we're gonna have every single character slap her in the last scene." So <laughs> <laughs> like Cristados, yep, Craigler, yep, Bond, why not? Like, let's bring back the the wino guy, have him slap her. Craigler, when so so so. Bond skis off, leaving her alone because he's about. He sees, uh, uh, he sees the dove, um, and Kriegler then starts to hunt him. Um, and this is one of my one of my Bond things that I hate. And any any action movie is that he has a clear shot on Bond and he misses the first three shots. And then you have a very cool but very tense scene where he is shooting at. He shoots Bond's gun out of his hand, then shoots. Uh, the stick that Bond tries to use to grab his gun and then shoots it a second time to finish off uh, killing it so that Bond has to do one-handed skiing. Now, one it, that's a great cool setup and it's very awesome and I love it, except for that you realize that like, Hey Kriegler, were you not? Were you trying to not kill Bond at the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Because because you're apparently amazing. Like we already set up that you are an Olympic level shot. Be, by like he he stands and he one two three four five sixes those those sight the the sights he's shooting at and then he misses on Bond but then he can pinpoint a gun and a stick. My my working theory here that I'm going to use to rationalize it in my head is that he's not good at shooting moving objects. Oh, he can only shoot stationary, stationary things. Stationary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, stand so, still, damn it! Like great at darts. Terrible yeah. at basketball. Because everything we see him hit is stationary. The That's gun's just sitting there point. in the ground. That's an excellent point. Uh, I, I also like that in the, the James Bond world, people can be, you know, Olympic skiers or, or uh, world-class chess champions and just, like, spies or assassins on the side. Oh, uh, sure. I, I like gonna... that the next, <laughs> the next movie you get VJ Armitage playing himself, who's also a spy. <laughs> I like that in this uh, bond in this in this ski scene and the parts of the ski scene that are cool. I think this this ski scene goes on for quite a while, honestly. And I'll be real, 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 real honest. Man, does it feel like I was done with Bond skiing? Yeah. How how many movies, man? Can we just like I like underwater stuff? At least has some differences, but like. After they did skiing, I was like, "Can we? Can we just?" To be honest, a lot of the, the a lot of the vehicular stuff in this feels dated in the worst way. It, like, feels so eighties that they're like, "We're gonna have motorcycles with spikes, and we're gonna have a, another ski scene, and then we're gonna have dune buggies." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like John Glenn just really liked on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and he's using the ski scene to again pay homage to that and. I, I like the the snow action in this movie. I think one of the best stunts in this movie, at least until we get to to climbing, is the skiing and a motorcycle in a luge run is crazy. Yeah. No, it's really cool. It just feels like a lot. 
Yeah, they didn't need to do have this be four different segments. Um, they actually, a stuntman died when uh, the the bobsled somehow tipped over at one point. I'm not surprised. Bob, bobsledding is a horrifically dangerous sport. Yeah. Did, did you guys recognize um, Locke's uh, main henchman there? Oh, uh, you mean... Uh, uh, yeah, Charles Dance. Charles, Charles Dance, yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't think he has lines in this movie. He but. has one line. Well, he, that's not fair. <laughs> he has two-thirds of a line, and then he is shot in the back with a harpoon. <laughs> ah. Oh, what, what does he say on the beach there? Uh, he says, essentially, he's like, you know, put your hands up, or like, you know, we're going to take you in. Just like, he says basic, like, henchman shit. And then he gets shot on the beach by, by the people that Bond assumes are his friends just because he shot someone that was trying to fight him. <laughs> With no, he doesn't care who these people are. I, you know, what you know, I'll do it now, so we don't have to do it then. But like, four people in scuba suits come out of the water. They shoot a man fighting Bond, and Bond just goes, "Ah, these must be my friends." And it's like, Bond, you don't know anyone here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, there's like a drug war going like, on. You're purposely <laughs> deep, deep undercover. You just told a guy like a bit ago that like if you didn't call in tomorrow, people might people might be upset. Like, no one knows where you are. Why, do you think that like like the 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 Royal Navy just sent some scuba dudes? Um, just I, I'm not gonna super weird. say this is like an official nitpick because maybe it's real, but doesn't doesn't this seem like a crazy dangerous like Olympic ski jump for just like the general public 100%. to apparently have have a- access to? Yeah, so I that like to me was a little bit wonky about. Can, can you just be a dude and go on that thing? One hundred thousand percent. Also, the, when the the guy looks at him in Swedish, apparently I can only imagine says to him, "Those skis are wrong," and Bond says back, "Fuck <laughs> off." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Max, like, you should call your lawyers about this. Yeah, would, yeah. We could really draw some <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to protect these people. He just looks at Roger Moore and he's like, hey, weren't you on The Saint like 30 years ago? You must be pretty old now. <laughs> you sure you're up to this jump? It's it's just so bonkers. Um, but yeah, he, he but But there's not not any coordination, apparently, between Locke's henchmen and Christado's and, and Craigler's slash, uh, slash Christado's henchmen. Or maybe it's not... Christados, it's just Kregler slash KGB and uh, Locke and his guys are all trying to kill Bond, but Charles Dance gets in the way of of Kregler with his uh, rifle. Yeah. Well, he wanted the the he he knew that he would be the a bigger actor, so he was like, "This is my part." <laughs> yeah, I I. As much praise as I've given the action, this is the next scene is that one that I think is is egregious in kind of the like the bad Bond ways, um, which is that Bond escapes. He shows up at the nighttime skate time um, in what is in what is one clearly trying to set up again that we're supposed to think that the ski mistress is the bad guy, um, and two when BB and Ski Lady leave. Um, there are, are three phantom hockey players <laughs> yeah. in cre- in like full masks that just like we then it's not even a long fight but we just have to watch this like three minute fight between Bond with like his loafers on against like these three hockey dudes who all try to kill him with the one pointy part of their costume. Like this scene, like as I was watching it, I was like, it's not like the scene is bad minus the bit where I'm supposed to believe that a person on skis could not (laughs) run a Zamboni. Um, But like, it's just 
gratuitous. Like you had this amazing yeah, we... scene, and now you lead into this. Yeah. Also, too, can we? Is that not the fastest Zamboni? It's ever? the world's fastest <laughs> he, Zamboni. He fires that thing up, and it's like driving like a freaking Lamborghini on it's the a ice. Mac, it's a Mac so truck. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Zero to a hundred. He that ice is the cleanest ice that's ever been. Like, like that Zamboni is is insane. I'm not saying there's cause here, but I just want to point out this movie is I think a year before uh, Jason first puts on a hockey mask in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three Three D. So I'm just saying, ooh, hockey's scary. Hockey must have been really big. Oh, I got a question. When did the U.S. defeat the Soviet Union in the Olympics? Uh, Max uh, might know that. Like, are you saying when's the, mir- when's the Miracle on Ice? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's later. I don't think it's like 86, but I could be dead wrong. Okay. Well, I was, that was inspired by Four Your Eyes Only. Yeah, well, I'm um, wondering if hockey is just a really big thing right now in the world. Yeah. But it's just weird that it... Oh, no, you, you're right. It happened during the 80 Olympics. It, it, it happened during the Olympics that they're filming about. Oh, yeah. So like yeah. maybe they were just like, and then we'll have some hockey players, but we'll make them evil. Um, yeah, it's pretty clear that hockey's a is a big thing right now. Let's just let's just get let's get you know what this happens, and then guess what? Some some good old fashioned James Bond shit happens because James Bond finds a lead. Luigi is dead, and he's gonna he goes to a casino to play bonk. Yeah, K- take me to the casino so that we can play some bonk because bonk yeah, is one of my favorite things. I'm just gonna point, I'm just gonna point to out. Say. I'm gonna point out. Another thing, Carol Bouquet looking great in the black dress. Hundred percent. Yeah, they they have that it's... romantic evening. Hundred yeah. percent. Cortina, no, Cortina's the Italian ski. Yeah. Wherever they are in Greece. Where, yeah, where are they? Um, Cassandra uh, Harris, Pierce Brosnan's uh, wife. Bonk. Uh, is uh, Countess uh, Liesel and and first introduces uh, all these people to Pierce Brosnan when he shows up on set and they're like, damn. Damn, well, I, I would hope they are, because I would also, <laughs> if he showed up. Yeah, he's uh, he's also... our age, and was as they're shooting this, and man, how how cool would that have been if he just took over the next movie? Yeah, and they just I think did, Pierce Brosnan and Octopus works. What could have been? I, oh, I I would I'd no, be no, fine if they didn't change a thing about any of those movies, and just oh, me that we had got an extra four movies with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. I love Pierce. Bro- I, I'm ecstatic to get to the Pierce Brosnan movies, not because they're good, but because he's great. Yeah, um, they also give her the worst haircut I've ever seen. In the this... Countess. Yeah, the Countess. Both, yeah. both hairstyles are, are yeah. rough. Yeah, she's very pretty, and they give her a haircut that makes her look like a, basically like an old cougar running around well, like they named casinos. her they named her liesel liesel von schlauf like that's they, true they didn't this is the this is the franchise of pussy galore fame and they're like who's this liesel von schlauf <laughs> they, they make her look distinctly ungood in yeah. the movie but we do get the first sort of like this is again bad guys trying to, to trying to turn us on to um onto columbo um, we should have all known. I think Columbo had come out at this point, the television program, um, <laughs> that he could be nothing but good. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, the Countess essentially is in his is a friend of his slash in his pocket, and and so uh, after uh, finding out that that Bond might be trying to kill him, Columbo sends Bond off to the Countess to do some classic Bond 
mix arounds um, that must have gone really well because after they 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 hook up and whatnot, like they hang out the next morning, like on the beach. Yeah, Bond. Bond, like, likes Bond the was Countess, into it. Bond's like yeah. into the Countess. I think I think Roger Moore in general is more of a, a stay for breakfast type than Sean Connery. Let me just say that. Sean like, Connery only—he didn't stay for breakfast. He also slapped him in the face before he walked out the door. Connery Sean Connery also, is kind of a—I have an early morning tomorrow Connery, kind of guy. Connery, five Connery's, seconds after Connery's Bond would also never, ever, 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 ever be caught dead in last night's tuxedo, and and Roger Moore is just like in an old frilly frilly fuck off shirt on the beach as he watches the countess run down a dune, and he's like, "No, don't do that!" And then she gets hit by a car. By the way way more visceral shot than i thought that was gonna be yeah they really pound her she there's some i I thought they were gonna cut away they hit they hit like whatever stunt person that did that god bless them they hit them and they fucking go up the hood and like a head hits a windshield it's it's gruesome um yeah like they actually kind of do what we're supposed to believe kills someone in this movie and Um, then there's some and for the second time, Roger Moore runs up, briefly touches someone's wrist, and goes, hmm, dead. <laughs> <laughs> for her and for Luigi. You know what? I, you know what? Both of them are alive. Both of them made full recoveries. Yeah. Bond, Bond <laughs> is just incapable of knowing when someone is dead. Well, yeah. Well, he also, the guy through the glass, he clearly thought was dead. Actually, you know, I'm going to say strong rival for uh, worst outfit with uh, Clint Eastwood pants is Bond's borrowed uh, bathrobe. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Red, red and black stripes. That's just a look we we should have never seen. Yeah, not good. Um, but yeah, then then is when we get the thing that I referred to, which is the like, um, the dude, the the scuba dudes come out of the water, shoot shoot Bond's bad guy, and then knock him out because Bond is the worst spy in the world. <laughs> it bothers me a lot, though. I have to say that you see the scuba guys before the scene even starts yes yes and like how would james bond not be walking on a beach like oh four guys in black <laughs> scuba gear with spear guns yeah nah like uh they're probably just spear fishing they'll be fine so C- colombo has the nickname the dove so i think we're supposed to believe christados just like really had he he hired some people to like knit a bunch of doves into jackets and like gave them all to loke and was like no no we have to make believe like you're you're columbo's guy so like <laughs> wear these whenever you're in public for the next month okay you are you're all you all belong to the dove now you're the doves men men of the dove i will say that the dudes who work for the dove have a fanatical uh, 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 love of him, like like. Yeah, because he rocks. He's awesome. he does rock. He does rock. And we're about I to wish... find that out. That's the scene now. Is that Bond wakes up and like, the dove is like, I am very cool, by the way, and also I am. I do not sell cocaine. I sell guns and and pistachios and <laughs> other things, but not drugs. And therefore, in your weird fucked up sort of brain, <laughs> yeah. I am I am a good guy. <laughs> I kill plenty of people, but most of those people suck. It's I love the the Bond logic of just like hey, he's he's cool he's cool he's cool yeah uh, so pretty good action scene then I like the the shootout um, at the the port it is it is reminiscent of if not a better version of the shoot at the gypsy camp 
Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's, it's better action than um, that. Yeah, it is. It feels more concise. I love a lot of the action in that fight. I, I love how messy it is. It feels right for that movie. But for this movie with its sort of like, it, it is a higher concept bond. Um, like this, this fight is, is really good. You have all the different rolling objects. You have some good explosions. Um, it, it's, it feels nice. You have the, the one dude that you have the main bad guy with a double, like a double machine gun moment, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like how there's no, no sound, no, uh, music, I think mm-hmm. for pretty, pretty much the whole thing. And then good, good, like suspense in the, um, in the room with the the rolling like drums of, of heroin and stuff. Yeah. And then we get to Bond uh, killing Luck. Yeah, which is a pretty great scene, I gotta say. Probably one of the coolest scenes in this movie for me. Yeah, Roger Moore really didn't want to kick the car off the cliff. He thought that was too dark for his interpretation of Bond and. John Glenn said, no, we're doing it. Yeah, that was a stupid move by Roger Moore. That's one of his coolest moments is James Bond. Just imagine a girl drove it. Kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just this whole scene is Just cool, to... though. The framing of Bond under the bridge and stuff is really good. I, I don't know. It's, like, iconic. Yeah, the silhouette. This, yeah, the silhouette of Bond. It might be the best scene in the movie, or, like, at least the most iconic Bond moment. It's also one of those uh, movie lighting things, like the end of E.T. or something, where we switch from night to day really fast, but it, it works. I think it's, mm. it's done kind of well. Yeah. Bonk. Um, now we get like, after we get that out the action sequence, we now get, I, I, I like the underwater stuff, but it, it man, is it slow? We reach the bond bit where he and the bond girl have to sort of discover what's wrong. <clears throat> so it's like he shows up on on uh melanie's boat uh and they're they get in she does the whole bit where she's like great and also i have a mini sub and bond's like ah oh, fantastic mini sub let me tell you a practiced marine <laughs> yeah. biologist how to mix the oxygen and all the shit we're gonna need and she's like i did just tell you that it's my mini sub yeah <laughs> And he's like, good, good, good. In about 10 minutes, I'm going to drive it. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that fight, just, the fight underwater sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably the clunkiest it, part. It, I, it, it is by the very nature of what it is that a man in an underwater suit fighting two people in underwater suits, like it, it, it just can't be as, like, it's too slow. The whole thing is just, what, just too slow. Again, just to go back to this, what's going on with Roger Moore's outfit here? He He's really looking like my grandpa. With yeah. The, <laughs> just that, the, the, the pastel yellow shirt, the high pants. It's a bad look. He's in Greece. It's how he dresses when he's in Greece. I okay, would just say enough. that they, they built... Um, the whole like Greek ruins uh, underwater is stuff that they built uh, in in the Bahamas. That is beautiful, and the way it's shot is gorgeous. Yeah, I almost thought I almost thought that it wasn't um, it wasn't underwater when I first watched it. Um, like it 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 looks so clean that you almost feel as if they're faking it until you until you see the shit that they obviously can't fake. Well, Roger um, Moore and and uh, Carol Bouquet are are not underwater. Oh, they're not. Uh, she she had a 
like ear. Oh, well, there condition. you go. I should have. I should have trusted. <laughs> I should have trusted my gut. I was like, this yeah. looks really good. <laughs> well, there she, you go. She had like a sinus thing, so she she couldn't. Much like uh, Miyahama and uh, You Only Live Twice. And I guess Roger Moore was just like, well, fuck it. If she's not gonna do it, I'm not going underwater. And so they they fake they like. Uh, obviously they're shooting a ton of stuff underwater their close-ups are done like through a fish tank and then they're they're uh dissolving over other shots of like bubbles to like the overlay on on top well, of that i should i should have trusted uh, <laughs> a- initial max instead of wanting everything to be good max that was uh that was my bad there they have fought the underwater robot man they have attached a bomb to him. They get back in the submarine. Again, again, James Bond drives. <laughs> ATAC is a dumb name for a thing. And the ATAC. The ATAC. And after the submarine fight and the robot fight, they come out of the water and just like in a certain film called Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, they're too late. Someone else has beaten them here with a group of locals to take their spoils from them. Uh, <laughs> Do you think anyone who watched uh, some of the, the filmmakers were like, you know, Roger Moore really rocked that yellow uh, space suit in Moonraker. Let's give him a yellow suit to wear in this also. <laughs> this this is another one of those bits where the bad guy... It, it where there's like some this is some bad bond stuff i get that it's a cool shot but what we're about to do is that chris christophilophilophagus is about to chris christopherson chris christopherson christoph waltz is about to take james bond wrong move wrong one wrong bond <laughs> yeah. movie uh is about to take james bond and tie him up with with melina and drag them through the water it's it's honestly pretty cool but like this man is a drug runner <laughs> yeah, and like. a and like a double 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 agent you know how to and get rid of the body you asshole yeah <laughs> and he's gonna like weirdly make them suffer for no reason like he would just shoot them in the head and then feed their bodies to like pigs or something but it's james bond would it be fun just killing him don't you want him to get yes. away at least five times <laughs> that's well, that's the, uh, that that is sort of the contradiction where He's he's purposely supposed to not be the the mustache twirler, and he's the kind of grounded practical villain. But but then exactly. he does this classic James Bond shit also, and then has a secret lair. Well, it's just an old fucking monastery. Yeah, but one that he's like co opted and has like filled with henchmen. That's a lair. Uh, every drug runner's got some house somewhere. Yeah, but most of it is just like a prefab house. Like we've all seen, like <laughs> drug runners in Mexico don't are, are all just like in like a, a fucking ma- like a mini mansion, a yeah. mi- a McMansion, if you will. Yeah. And this dude's like, ah, yes, the old monastery from our war days when we fought the Germans. But I was a double agent. <laughs> <laughs> like, ay ay ay. Anyway, the, there's a cool scene. James Bond like you know rubs his arms on some rocks and is able to escape and then the bad guy says run them over with the boat there's no way they'll be able to dive down into the water <laughs> yeah. oh, they, do- they dove down into the water okay who could have known that the super spy who has spent 
half of his film career underwater and the marine biologist would know how to swim <laughs> well it, it is cool having the setup i think of of they just leave a tank down there for for next time i mean i, I don't know why they left a tank down there in the first place but it, it's a nice little callback well she she leaves one right uh yeah, the yeah. The first time that Bond shows up, she when, leaves one there. When they yeah. were diving 20 minutes yeah. ago or something. Yeah, which is like... Awful I, convenient they get dropped right at that spot. There's the bit. The ocean's very big. Yep. There is the bit right there. Well, um, you know, it's by the reef. You know, the reef. Um, But then, yeah, and then they discover the meeting point because of... God. <laughs> This is worse than any gadget could ever be. It's the Deus Ex Parrot. It's the Parrot Ex Machina. Hey. All right, that parrot who that... plays Max, his real name was Chrome. That as parrot in, you has will a arrive conversation to with Margaret Thatcher. Shiny and Chrome. And Chrome. <laughs> that parrot's owner, Diana Rigg. Really? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Chrome. It's like she's hanging out with the Broccolis or something, and they're like, yeah, we're doing this uh we're gonna do it this parrot bit and the next one was like i got a parrot my parrot has an agent Let's put my parrot in that's just astounding or better yet she was like what if it's a parrot <laughs> <laughs> i don't trust broccoli some some woman walks up and is like i have a parrot and he's like i have a way to fit that in a movie <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the parrot tells them where he's gonna be we have that weird scene with Q where Q bitches about how many churches there are in Greece. We have an <laughs> like, uh, early, early cameo of Michael Wilson is like the the Greek, uh, the the priest at the, the wedding here. Um, and then we get to that uh, really amazing place, uh, Trinity Rock in uh, Metura, um, Greece. Just, yeah, spectacular uh, location. All the Greece stuff looks great because Greece is beautiful. So the, this place, uh, there's a, the real monastery up there, and um, they, they made a deal with the, the bishop uh, so they could shoot there for like, a couple weeks or whatever. Um, two, two new um, uh, monks are, are coming after this deal is made and just are not okay with a James Bond movie being there. It's a movie promoting sin, and so they're like hanging all their flags and like signs, like protesting James Bond around, right around the places they're shooting, so that they have to, for wider shots, they have to go to a nearby mountain and create a nut, like build another monastery to double the shit that's up there. That's pretty cool. That's pretty <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they but, get uh, up to the great, to yield it's monastery. It's a great set, great location for a finale. Yeah, I, I just apparently have to Max, watch. You said that I you didn't like this scene. I apparently have to James watch Bond Roger Moore try to cool. try to climb it's a rock really for eight hours. <laughs> I like the climbing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't because he he Sorry. doesn't do it correctly. If he had actually, if he could actually put uh, uh, the 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 pythons into the rock correctly, then some a hole couldn't climb over and hit them out with a gun. Like this is yet another James Bond doing a thing shittily. Like who 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 chose him? Is there not like could could Columbo not just be like one of my Greek guys? He's a really good climber. I don't like the climbing. 
Um, okay, so you don't like the climbing. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the ropes. I don't. Look, like... Okay, we got to talk about this too. This is what I'm talking about here. Okay, B- BB being massaged by her. Look, she's a tra- She's got to make sure the the muscles she are good. Has for... to get loose. <laughs> she does not need to massage someone who she's training out of ice skate. They can get to be out. fair. To be fair, this is the exact moment that that Kristoff did just essentially like like scream at her and that she also threatened and she also super came out and was like, You wanna fuck me <laughs> And he his response was to not handle it well and to threaten and to threaten the life of the trainer and say some yeah. like racially tinged stuff. Or well, at least or at least or at least national like nationally tinged stuff. Um Rick Sylvester, who did the ski jump in The Spy Who Loved Me, um, is doing the climbing for Roger Moore here. And it was kind of his idea, or he had suggested to them, like, after Spy Who Loved Me, he was like, you know, I like to rock climb. Like, if you want to do some climbing shit in a Bond movie, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I think best best stunt in this movie I give to Falling. The cool. The fall is very cool. Great shot. As I said, I don't like the climbing. I like the falling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to show me 25 minutes of a man climbing to show me the man falling. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like five minutes of climbing. It's just I have to watch him climb and, and put the, the, the python into the rock again incorrectly and then climb a bit more and put it into the rock incorrectly. And then he he, he fights a seagull. Whoa. <laughs> and then well, he climbs a bit more. And he puts the thing in the rock. Oh, it's again. definitely not a seagull. <laughs> again, <laughs> incorrectly. <laughs> and then a henchman, and God bless this henchman, real, real go-getter. But he yeah, climbs yeah. down, and he starts knocking out all the shit with his gun. Hey, Bond, it wasn't going to hold your entire group. I find pretty cool. Yeah, It that, wasn't that going to guy... hold your entire group if a, if a man <laughs> can come up and knock it out with the butt of his gun. No, well, that's not the plan. He he has to get up there, and and his plan is to do the the basket. The I hate all of it. It's just I like the fall. I hate I hate the rest of it. All right, so we get to the monastery, and uh, they choose violence here. Yeah. yeah, violence ensues. Bond finally did. He didn't. He did done climb the good rope. It took him his shoelaces and all out of his converse. <laughs> Remember the fuck? I, I will say this: in Greece, shooting people with things that are not guns, but very big specifically pastime. arrows, is the thing. It's a big yeah. pastime. Yeah. If you kill someone with a gun, you're a bitch. They get in there. The Krieger. The Krieger Bond fight is fine. It's it's reminiscent of a lot of other fights. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't blow me away. It's 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 fine. That that dude really wants to be like you can see it in, in all the ways he's acting. He wants to be thought of as like the great a great Bond villain and it's yeah. just, it's not by no fault of his own. Like he's just not he's not set up to be that person. I thought it was interesting yeah. choice that every time he punches Bond, he says something like Red Grant or Ajab. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be Red Grant so badly, but he's not. He wasn't accepted into the school. No. All right. So fight, fight, fight. And then uh, Bond once again is like, hey, remember revenge is bad or whatever. 
and uh, she doesn't really get to have her revenge because uh, Topol gets to be a badass and throws a yeah, knife. That's the interesting yeah. part is that it's not even that she chooses the other path, which would at least like have some sort of higher character um, uh, sort of things attached to it. It's just stolen from her by this cool Greek dude. <laughs> like she doesn't even get a choice as to revenge or not because like Topol just throws a knife in his back, which is badass. But like, it would have been cool if she was like, I don't choose it. And then it's like, ha ha. And then he gets stabbed. <laughs> yeah. It's fun though, because then you can tell he's going to, He's gonna have sex with BB afterwards, so he's just yeah, vibing. It's that guy. really great because he's like, he's like, I know you weren't into your uncle, but I'll make sure you're into me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's just uh, he's killing people, and then he's having sex with women way younger than him. That's just sort of his mo. He's I, he's the best. <laughs> he's so cool. Uh, you know, back to the salt mines, you might say. <laughs> um. As yeah, BB is also she's gonna fall in love with him, and it's gonna be a formative experience. The the two of them. Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. I, it will think... not end well, but it will. <laughs> it will gonna... be fierce. It will be. I'm just gonna point something out. Sorry, really quickly. Now that we're at the, the end of this movie, where General Gogol comes back to get the ATAC, but Bond ruins it for him. So General Gogol's in Spy Who Loved Me, and he's fine in it. He's not really like a big part of the movie. We, he's yeah, just the Russian. We did some Google some Google talk early. Like he, you're so, you're right that he's like he takes on this weird huge role. Yeah, you guys might have talked about him when I was gone, but one of the things that they decided about after the Spy Who Loved Me when they bring him back for more cameos is that he fucks. Is this guy fucks? He's fucked <laughs> this <up>. guy. <laughs> oh, do they not? Do they? Don't they do? anything with his secretary and, and spy maybe not i've already I don't think so maybe, maybe that starts with so. moonraker they, yeah. they get him up in his like night before christmas pjs and he's just got some hot blonde girl in his bed yeah and in this like, one that's... she she wanders over and and molests him while he's on the phone he's, yeah. he's banging his secretary Our, in every movie Ro- after yeah. spy Who Loved road me. warrior <laughs> you missed it but i've already i've already affectionately named her um dollar ruble um <laughs> And she is that uh, you're gonna need a shot of penicillin afterwards. She's uh she's not she's not his money penny. She's his dollar ruble. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Vogel, or not Vogel. Gogol gets out of that helicopter and he's like, "Hey, I'm is is me." <laughs> he also in this movie completely loses his his Russian accent just by the by. In yeah. in that first scene, there's no accent to be to be found. Um, but we know he's still a, a good guy because. His his number one bodyguard is about to just machine gun, just mow Bond down, and he like holds his hand in the way, like Nah, Bond's okay. Yeah, he slept with one of my other spies. It was cool. <laughs> I I I like Bond throwing the thing off the cliff. I hate that slow mo shot of it exploding on the. It's like yeah, yeah we we we, we got understand. It. That's what I'm talking about. That's the stuff that like. Those are the shots that that um, uh, uh, Spielberg would never do. Yeah, I agree. That that shows how amateur John Glenn is a director at this point. Yeah, like we know it was thrown off. We don't need a slow yeah. motion shot of it exploding. And also that like the there was no that he had final say in the editing room too. Clearly, yeah, because because there's just there's a lot of those shots where it's just like so, I'm I am an intelligent audience member. You don't need to tell me that this is happening. I'm. I'm going to bring this, I'm going to end it. So Bond saves the day. He, he, 
him and Melina consummate their relationship. Don't I'm call s- Bond moments after a mission. Never call Bond moments after a mission. It's been 12 movies and at least eight of them don't call Bond moments after a mission. <laughs> but also, too, don't put Bond on the phone with Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> well, also, don't don't put a parrot who does not sound like James Bond. Like, that's, that's what happens when... This is what happens when M is out of the office, is the fucking clueless defense minister... And I, I don't know, Bill Tanner's hitting the sauce uh, or what, but they, they confuse the voice of a parrot with the voice of James Bond. Also, and are like, he should, even better yet, should talk to Margaret even Thatcher better yet, right now. Q is like, even better yet, Q is like, Bond, Bond, are you there? Bond, Bond. And then the thing that tells them the Bond is there is that the parrot goes, Bond, Bond, as if, as if James would come up and he'd be like, Bond, Bond. <laughs> I think at this point we've learned through rewatching these movies, Q's kind of an idiot. Q's, a Q's to- not very Q's smart. Q's an idiot, he's- and he's also a fucking like he's part of the global elite. He's part of he's <laughs> he's part of the cabal. If you own, if you have over five hundred million dollars, you are a saint to Q. Yep, he, he will. Uh, Q's a genius. He's he's just not what we call uh, street smart. If you, yeah. you know what I'm well, saying. There's a reason Q's not in the field. Give me a kiss. <laughs> give me a kiss. And then we have the great scene where Margaret Thatcher gets a woozy because Bond might kiss her. <laughs> oh, it's such a bad scene. It's it's really it kind of astonishing movie, because it's it's Roger Moore's most sober, realistic James Bond movie, but it's bookended by two of the craziest scenes in the whole franchise. Yeah. We got Delicatessen Blofeld and then Margaret Thatcher Parrot conversation. Yeah. Uh, that that's Janet Brown, by the way, who was known for being a uh, Thatcher impersonator. She was like in, the, in yeah, the time. she was like the impersonator. Yeah. Uh, so that's this movie. Um, they oh, they get a title drop in there. Uh, so I my boobies are for your eyes only. I'm pretty <laughs> sure is what she says. My that's what she says. My yeah. breasticles are for your eyes only. Um. Yeah, this movie comes out uh, June 24th, 1981. Uh, tying it in with the uh, recent royal family drama, uh, Prince Charles and his then fiance uh, Diana, uh, attended the premiere. Wow. Which, uh, I'm sure things will end at the great time. for them. <laughs> um, the movie is a hit. makes uh, $194 million. I think it's just a little bit less than, than Moonraker. Budget of 28 uh any more thoughts before we we suit up and and get to battle no not e- uh, not even i have a, a very i always ask a question at the end of the podcast i'm gonna mix, mix it up and ask a little bit of a different question when we get there so oh we're there well so instead of doing a what you know, you <laughs> would you have sex now? with baby or, or would you put her in her place and buy her an ice cream <laughs> well you're you're hinting at what i'm going for here <laughs> You know me very well. <laughs> so that's exactly. I, this might be out of vogue now. Might not be the right move to say this, but can we let's play a little fuck Mary kill with BB, uh, Alina, yikes. and oh, the yikes. Countess. I want to be on and record I'm not saying about, this shit. This sounds great. I'm really, I'm really only asking. <laughs> I'm really only asking because. If you don't want to kill BB because she's so annoying, Max, I'm really asking for you. Given, so annoying. given 
given willing consent of all parties to be either <laughs> fucked, <laughs> fucked, married, <laughs> or killed. <laughs> And and it's not given, about the fucking of the Mary. I want to know you're gonna kill BB, right? Given, you don't like BB. And given that BB is of a legal age to be either fucked or killed, how could you say which this? she was she when this movie came out? She's so annoying. Who, wait, who's the other two that I have again? Mary, Mary, uh, ca- Mary Elda, and the Le- Countess. And, uh, yeah, I actually I have less than no interest in the Countess. I'm I am marrying um I'm marrying marzipan and i'm having sex with bb8 and i'm going to kill the countess she already dies anyway i don't even have to kill anyone she's she already dies wow the i just wanted to ask because i i knew you were not going to say kill bb and it annoys me so much i i think it's not her fault i really like her character like she's she's trying to find herself and it's in like the shittiest (laughs) situation that she's doing that she also like she she she, she she says it at the end. She knows that the person that is her one protector and the one person that's supposed to be taking care of her in the world is wants to, to sleep with her. And so she is trying in every way that she can to take back her own life and her own sexuality by sleeping with other people. It's a very sad story, to be honest. And like... You're... I know I'm reading into it a lot, but you're reading into BB a lot. But but that's the way that 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 it's written. Like like uh, everything I'm saying comes from the text. It's just that like if you made the movie now, that's the way that they would play it. It's just that they made the movie in 1981, where it's easier to like make fun of like a tiny like like you know coquettish like skater girl. Okay, fair enough. I I'll second everything you said. Uh in as respectful a way as I can say that. I, if you don't ask me, I'm going to come out and say I could beat all the villains. I, I just... What? Maybe not, you can maybe beat not Locke. I don't think I could beat Locke. You just have to make sure you don't I stand still. I couldn't beat Kriegler if he knows that we're having a fight, but I think I, I could trick him. Well, all you and, have to do and to beat say, him is just move. Just move all. a little. He can't hit anything. Yeah, I could move a little. Yeah. I, I think I would I would entice him with uh, the prospect of, of you know getting an, an ATAC or uh, perhaps a Lecter decoding machine for, for the KGB and just ask him to like move something heavy for me uh, that happens to be on a cliff and then I would I would just use physics like Bond does. Christados uh, is main. Uh, fight move seems to be slowly hitting someone with a typewriter so i i, I can get around that dude he, he pulls a, a switchblade is the most dangerous thing he does in a physical fight yeah he's not a man of action so i'm coming out strong I, i'm saying i i got this one as long as craigler i move a little and or craigler doesn't know that i'm fighting him okay so i'm just gonna start by saying i would i would definitely kill bb because she's so annoying and both of you guys <laughs> you failed the, the test that i put for you, you were in the clear you didn't have to say that nonsense <laughs> we gave you an out <laughs> no no i just just because she's annoying as a character she's one of the worst bond characters ever i don't think it's her fault i, I blame the director i don't i uh, don't blame lynn lynn holly johnson but i i don't like that that character is in the screenplay yeah i, I just think it's a bad character and Max, it really annoys me that you want to like make more <laughs> I, out of the character. T- a terrible character. All the character. things that I said make perfect sense. It's it's not even the fault no, of the character. Fair enough. Let me just add: even if he was trying to kill me, I think I could take out wheelchair Blofeld. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Weird wheelchair Smurfeld. 
I totally I could because uh, I would just, as we said before, I would just jump out of the fucking helicopter. <laughs> yeah, when you're five feet away from the guy in the wheelchair. I think I could beat all the villains pretty easily in a fight. I could beat all now, the villains. Krieger might might beat me up in like a one on one fist fight. He's pretty he's pretty ripped. Um, he can't hit anything that moves though. With a gun, like he does punch Bond. Yeah. Um and like Yeah, I'm not I'm not wrestling that guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No. Like I'm not getting in a one on one I'm not getting in the octagon with him because he like he roids up, clearly. Yeah. Like he's in the Olympics, he he is competing for East Germany. Like that man is on seventeen types of, of steroid. Yeah, I don't think the testing regiment was what it is now then, so Um even so, he doesn't scare me. Everyone else I could beat. Um Except for maybe Charles Dance. <laughs> Just because, yeah. you know, like, uh, you're, you're going to be one of the few likable characters in Alien 3, and you're going to be pretty cool on the Game of Thrones. I, I just, I can't. Yeah. yeah, I think I just died from the judgment. Don't I feel wanna, like he's judging me so yeah, harshly. I don't want to deprive an, a whole world of his his decent performances through his life and career. Yeah, he would just give you a really judgmental, like, angry schoolmaster look as you're about to pull the trigger, and you're like, fine. Yeah. And then he turns to you and he's okay. like, you're a slacker just like your father. <laughs> your father was Listen, a slacker. Fly. <laughs> <laughs> With that. Yeah. I think, I think we've done it. Okay, uh, that sums up our thoughts on for your eyes only thank you to all who listened and we'll see you very soon for on <laughs> one two three everyone together octopus bb is good <laughs> no stop with the <laughs>